0: Welcome to A Better Way Podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another, because together we can find a better way. Hi. And welcome back to another episode of a better way podcast. Today um, I have Steph Colborn with me. She is the owner and founder of Palmera Virtual. And I'm so excited to have Steph. She is a good friend of mine. Um, I'm excited to have her on the podcast. We actually met through a business course last year and are in a mastermind together. And I've gotten to know her. And she is fabulous for so many reasons, but also for being really just a kick-ass businesswoman and mom. So what Welcome Steph.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, This is amazing. I found your, well, we, you know, we've been friends now. I think it's our friendiversary actually, um, because it was around this time last year that we joined that business course and what a whirlwind of a year. I like, I can't believe it's been a year already.
0: I can't believe it either. So When we met, we were both like literally just dipping our toe in the water of starting a business. And now both of us, we were on a call, Steph and I were on a call together about a week or two ago, and we were actually saying how we're feeling this pull to like free up more time to do more work because both of us are actually that busy in our businesses and that's fabulous and that's a great place to be. Um, But we're also at that point where we're like, okay, we're balancing being moms and business owners. So just like the transformation you've gone through in the past year has been one, inspiring to see, um, but two, just really incredible um, in terms of where you started and now where you're going and the direction you're taking it. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you just share a little bit about your background and what you're doing today in Palmera Virtual?
1: Sure. Um, So first of all, I never had any aspiration whatsoever to be an entrepreneur or ever have my own business. Um, It's funny, my dad did have his own business and he sold it and you know has always very much been an advocate for entrepreneurship. And my mom's always been of the attitude of I'm happy being an employee. I go do my work, I get paid, I come home and I do my stuff. Um, so I think growing up, I was more leaning towards my mom's perspective of, yeah, I'm gonna go do my nine to five, get paid, come home, spend time with my family and you know just have my life and not have to worry about business. Whereas my dad was always constantly working. Um, my background is actually in hospitality. So I am one of those people that went to hotel school and yes, that is a thing. Um, so Danielle's major hospitality. was
0: hospitality too. Sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but and for folks listening, Danielle couldn't make it today, but I know she's super bummed because you guys would have lots of hospitality, uh, stories to share.
1: It's, it's crazy are like hotel school. Like that's a thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. People actually go and study that all. You could just get a job in a hotel and work your way up some of us, you know, think like, I got to study it. Um, And when I finished my degree, I went, I got a job in London. I worked uh, for about 12 years there, primarily in sales and marketing for various different hotels. I also met my husband um, in our hotel school. So Uh some people might say that I followed him to London. I just like to say that, you know, it was meant to be and we were both at the same place at the right place at the right time. Um, But two years ago, He had the opportunity of a promotion and a transfer um, from London to sunny California. And we decided to take the leap. At that time, we had had our six month old son. Um, So I had already planned to go back to work at my job at the hotel, um, but it was kind of like, you're moving to California. And they're like, yeah, you can't really do this job remotely (laughs) from all the way on the other (laughs) side of the world. So I became a stay at home mom. And I did that for about a year and at the beginning of 2020, I decided that it was time for me to rejoin the workforce, Um, it was time for my son to start going to daycare so that he could hang out with, you know, his peers and I could hang out with adults and not just, you know, go to mommy and me classes at the library. Um, but yeah, that was the beginning of 2020, and that's exactly when COVID hit, and that basically meant that any opportunity of a job in hospitality just went straight down the drain. So there went my dream of hanging out with adults, um, and I was talking to a friend of mine who used to be a personal assistant and started her own VA business, and I was talking to her about, like, you have so many transferable skills, like you used to do sales, you did your own admin, like you've got skills you could be a VA and I'm like oh but that means starting my own business um and after doing research and kind of doing it for months I eventually found Helen Peterson's course um, and decided to take the leap and you know do her boot camp and I'm really glad I did now um, because you know I'm one of those people who like researches the hell out of something before I actually take the leap and at that stage you know she very much had this you know offer ends, um, I don't know, Friday. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And I did. Um, Because it was, yeah, it was very much that, that scarcity mindset of, um, you know, we were on a sole income from my husband and I didn't want us to, you know, invest more money just so that my son could go to daycare when I could be the daycare. So it was, you know, the reason why I started doing this was because I wanted to earn my own money. One, Mm -hmm. so that, I'm one of those people who likes to be in the relationship kind of 50-50. I wanted to be, you know, putting money on the table as well as my husband. And I uh, decided, right, I'm going to make enough money so I can send my son to daycare. And now I'm well beyond that point, which is really exciting. And I started my journey off as a general admin virtual assistant. Started learning about the specialty of email marketing. And at the beginning of this year, I pivoted and that's basically what I do now I specialize in email marketing working solely with um, entrepreneurs in the travel um, hospitality and food business so yeah it's like I said it's it's been a year but it feels like it went by super fast Um, Mm -hmm. and I think the beauty of being your own boss is that you know six months down the line I I decided I don't want to do the admin anymore this is what I really want to do and I decided all right No more of that and just focus on email marketing, which when you're an employee, you can't really tell your boss, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're like,
0: all right, well, there's the door. Yeah, no, something that is so amazing to me about your kind of evolution over the last year is, well, one, you kind of were like, I'm not really sure what to do. And then you found this course, you researched it, which is actually, by the way, that's something I love about Steph. You, I know have, you always do your homework. And if you say something, I'm like, I know I can trust it because she has like investigated it and researched it a hundred times over. Um, and so you started the course, but you started as a generalist and now you've evolved to a specialist and a specialist that people come to for expert advice. And that is a really quick turnaround to have gone through that transformation. So one of the things I want to ask you is I think people who are looking to go out and start something on their own, what they're held back by is they feel like they don't know enough or that it's going to take too long. Like they're starting over. It's going to take too long for them to get to the point where they feel like they've made it or they're established, but you've proven all of that wrong in the past year. So is there anything that you attribute your growth and expansion to, um, in this like first year of business?
1: Um, so I would say, well, first of all, I think sometimes, you know, researching so much is also to a detriment because I just spend so much time thinking I have to know it all before I can actually go out and tell people that I actually know how to do this. So let's take, for example, email marketing. I felt like I had to take every course under the sun um, before I could even pitch it to clients. But the reality, like, anything even when you start a new job you know when i started my first job in sales i've never done sales before but you learn on the job so you might go to your first pitch and you might tank but if you ask for feedback you know the person will tell you well actually i didn't like this or i didn't like that but i really like this so you just learn from those experiences and i think from anyone who's starting one yes research and do your homework but realize that you don't have to know absolutely everything. You just need to know a little bit more than the person, you know, who you're pitching your services to. And I think that's what, what really did it for me, um, within the travel industry, you know, a lot of people still wonder why there are even travel agents out there. You know, if you can just book everything online. And the reality is these people are extremely knowledgeable. And when you hear about what their job is like, I mean, let me give you an example. I want part of my job back in the day, and this is the part I missed, was um, chaperoning a group of travel agents to from London to Turks and Caicos in the Caribbean for a week so we could go and check out three different hotels and stay in them for two nights, experience all the service. So when they say they know a hotel, it's because they've actually been to them, they've experienced it, they can tell you why you should stay somewhere and and, some, and you shouldn't stay somewhere else. But then they keep all this information to themselves and they feel like, oh, well, you know, I, I shouldn't tell anyone because if I tell them, then they'll just go and book it themselves. So I've had to work with clients and this is with particularly the travel agents and travel advisors is sharing your value is actually going to bring you more business because if you just feel that if I give it all for free, then they're going to go and do it themselves. Yeah, that's. That might be the case, and you know, I've done that as well. I've consumed every freebie possible. <laughs> but let's take Helen for example. I remember she had a five. That's how I found her. She did a five-day challenge, Um, and that's how she, you know, promoted her course. And I did the five-day challenge, and I enjoyed it so much, and it gave me so much confidence that I thought, yes, I'm going to book my course with this person. So don't don't think you have to know everything. Just know more than the other person, and just continue educating yourself, um, whether it's researching, buying courses, or just practicing on on your own business. And that's something that I did. I signed up for a Flowdesk account. I started doing my own newsletters. I started looking at my analytics. Okay, this is what people click on. This is not what people click on. And then I put that into practice um, for my clients. And that's what I share on my social media channels. It's basically experiences based on what I've been doing for my own business. Um, and it, it 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 did take a while for um, for my ideal clients to find me, but now I'm like you know on discovery calls weekly. That I'm like I I need to kind of stop this because I actually have work to do and I can't be on calls all the time trying to get new clients because. I've kind of reached that point where now I'm thinking, you know, my son goes to daycare four days a week, half days, and those half days are four hours. But by the time I drop him off and come back home and go pick him up, it's only really like three hours a day. And I'm very lucky. He still has his nap, but I'm, I'm now dreading the day he decides not to take a nap. And I've lost those like two hours in the afternoon of where I actually get work done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm thinking you might have to start going full time because as much as I love being with him, he, I know he has such a blast at school and I'm really enjoying doing this work that it's for the, it's the best decision for the both of us. And then when we're together, we just hang out and we have a great time. And that's what weekends are for, which again, if you're in the hospitality industry, weekends don't exist because you're working odd hours, you're working Saturdays and Sundays, holidays are, you know, always you know we celebrate christmas either <laughs> on the 23rd or the 27th because my husband's my husband's usually working so yeah it's it's amazing how it's kind of just ramped up so quickly that now i'm you know looking at how i can continue working more hours but not because i have to but because i want to
0: That's amazing. And you and I have chatted about that because we're in kind of a similar position, like Declan is in preschool five days a week, Brian's in daycare three days a week. But then I have to like leave in the middle of the days to get Declan. And we're trying an experiment where Mm. the summer he's going to be in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the days, Brian's in daycare. Declan will be in a summer program for school. And it's a longer day. Like it goes till 430. And as opposed to me having to leave at like two. And we're going to try that as an experiment because I'm finding that same as you, like, I don't want to say no to things, but I also want to be present mm-hmm. when the boys are here. And it's really hard to do that. if yeah. you feel like oh, I need to log in tonight or this weekend. Um, so can totally relate. And I think a lot of moms can relate too because you feel like sometimes you should want to only do one or the other, but the reality in today's world is I think so people, so many people are interested or moms are interested in having, you know, um, aspects of themselves in both worlds. Um, and they can coexist as you are, are um, showing us. But one thing I wanted to chat a little bit about is Um, I know that you have your experience in the hospitality industry. You are super passionate about all things travel. And when we first met last year, like that was definitely the industry that you were going after and who you wanted to partner with. Um, And I think the example you shared about travel agents kind of keeping their value to themselves is a great example of why they need someone because they're not thinking about it in the same way or in the perspective you have. Um, It's very, um, they're like, you know, from themselves out to their customers, whereas you're looking at it from the customer perspective or client perspective. So I think you bring so much value there. But my question is that's also must have been a really tough industry to break into and sell yourself as an additional team member three, four, five months into the pandemic. That, you know, I feel like that industry is probably just starting to recover now with things opening back up. So What was that like navigating, knowing like, nope, this is who I want to go after, but it was also probably the most difficult time for business owners in that space.
1: Yeah. And it absolutely was, um, you know, I, um, I, I, I have a LinkedIn account and it was something I used to use heavily, you know, in my previous role as a sales manager and just going on LinkedIn and, you know, when you go on Instagram and Facebook, And not Twitter because I just don't Twitter, but when you go on Instagram, everything's beautiful. Everyone's happy. Everyone's positive, and it's such a great space to hang out. Then, say this time last year, you go on LinkedIn, and all you see is I've been laid off. I lost my job. I had to close down my business, and it was just gut wrenching. You you know, people that used to be my clients, friends of mine, see that, and you're like oh that's just horrible and through no fault of their own it was just there's a pandemic people aren't supposed to travel people shouldn't be traveling and this is your your business is your bread and butter and you just have to either close down or find a job somewhere else um you know my ex-colleagues in the hotel so many of them had to get you know jobs at supermarkets because you got to put food on the table somehow so yeah sticking to my guns um was really hard in that sense, um, but you know, through the course that we went to, it was you know, pick a niche, pick a pick an industry, pick people that you've worked with, you know, things that you know, and it'll just be easier for you. And normally I'd be like, yeah, I'll I'll see, I'll just you know, I I started off doing the whole general, I'll talk to everyone when I was talking to no one. Um, and I wasn't getting anywhere. And I thought, no, I need to do this. And it's it's the industry. I know it's what I'm really passionate about. And it's what I love. Um, so I decided I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to keep, keep doing this. And yeah, it, it took a little while. Um, I launched my business mid kind of end of end of June, early July. And I didn't get a client until September. And that was my first client. Um, and it was it was actually working for a social media manager who manages um social media for a bunch of restaurants which you know i was like great that ticks the box it's in the hospitality industry um and then i didn't get another client probably until december um within that industry i did some odd jobs you know just because one i wanted the practice um and two mm-hmm. i wasn't gonna say no money um, I'm, um, you know, I might, <laughs> I wanted to stick to, to my idea, but also I wasn't going to turn down jobs where I was like, no, I, I could do, I could use the extra money. So it was really tough, but just persisting, um, continuing my clear messaging, just continuing to have conversations and just be honest. And, you know, there was a few who were like, I totally get what you're doing. This is amazing. It's an awesome service, but I don't have, like, I just don't have it. You know, they, they they didn't have the budget for it. Um, and I think once the year, you know, turned, it, there was this light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine coming out. There was hope. And it basically, that was the perfect time to like, right, things are going to start opening up again. And I, you know, like, I need to let my clients know and I need to put myself out there. So, you know, they've really embraced social media. And it was more of a reminder that social media isn't just going to do it and all the work for you. And social media is hard. Like when I first started, I thought I want to do social media management. And then I quickly realized, oh my goodness, this is just so much hard work. Like it's a lot of hard work, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even just doing it for yourself, for your own business. It's, it's, it's hard work. Um, which is kind of why I then went, no, I think email marketing is really the way to go because there is a higher return on email marketing as it is anyways than there is on social media. Um, And I feel like you can be a lot more targeted and you can get, you know, a a much clearer message um, on on email marketing. So I kind of went for those agents that I knew and I could see that were embracing social media. And I felt, you know, if you're doing this, email marketing is really going to work for you. So it was just, you know, continuing to have those conversations and just keeping my message out there and, and not giving up. Um, there were moments where I really just thought, you know what, if I break even, I'll just pack it up and, and that's it. But I decided, no, there's something in this. And I could see, you know, you were doing fantastic and the other girls in our um, in our group were also doing great. And then more of, you know, we're in a Facebook group as well and new members were coming in and everyone was really excited and just doing great. That kind of that peer pressure got to me, I was like, I'm going to make this work.
0: <laughs> We're going to do this. You have absolutely made it work. So I want to dig in a little bit to what you mentioned about like the return on email marketing. Cause I a hundred percent agree with you that like so many people think if I just create an Instagram page an account and put posts up, or I'm on Facebook, you know, I, if I build it, they will come and that's not the case. And that's a reoccurring theme that I'm having in conversation that I'm having with clients. But first, I just want to ask the question in terms of making it work. Something that I really admire about you is um, be, we've had some really funny conversations in the past um, about projects and different things. And I feel like you have a very, wrong, very strong sense of you know, what works for you and what doesn't and what you like and what you don't like. And you are not afraid to say no to say something or create boundaries. And I I wanna bring this question up because so many people we talk to and so many podcasts I listen to, people struggle with boundaries. And I think that you have a really, um, you know, positive, vibe and way of saying, you know what, this is what's going to work best for me. And this is where I'm going to produce the best output. And I'd love a little bit of insight on how you stay true and authentic in that way. Um, Especially on the earlier days where you were like, you know what, I just kind of want the experience because I think that's something a lot of business owners, especially when starting out experience, it's that scarcity mindset. they take anything without realizing that they're actually blocking all the good stuff that's meant for them.
1: Oh my gosh. And again, like that was so not me. And I'm going to say two years ago, like I, you know, when I was in my nine to five job and my boss asked me to do something, yes, boss, I'll do it. Yep. Definitely. I'll make it happen. I'll find a way. Yeah. Even if it was something I didn't want to do, it was like, Oh, I would do it like through gritted teeth. I'm like, okay, fine. I will do this. (laughs) And then it was just, you know, when I first started my business, I still had that employee mindset. And, you know, someone would, you know, I'd have a call and they'd say, oh, I want this. And I want everything under the sun and I want it for, you know, peanuts. Okay, yeah, definitely. You know, that that was kind of like, oh, if I don't do this, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get it. And what if it's the only opportunity I have? And then I thought, I'm in a very um, privileged position that... I don't have to take every job if I don't want to, you know? And again, I, I say that completely honestly, it is a privilege to be in this position where if I turn down a job, it doesn't mean that we're not gonna have dinner. Um, you know, it, this is more, it, it's it's not a hobby by any any means, but I can have that liberty of saying no to things. Um, but it was also the mentality, you know, putting, having that right mindset of knowing that I can say no to things. Um, and yes, there, there, there were times when I had referrals or I had, um, and even even this week I, I had, um, there's a CEO of a FinTech in San Francisco who contacted me with a discovery call. And he said, you know, I've, I'm looking for someone part-time. I need them to do admin and social media. Um, and eventually I want this person to move in, you know, into a full-time role. And I could have easily had a chat with him and listened to what he had to say and talk about me. And I thought, I'm going to email him back and say, I'm really sorry, but I don't think we're going to be the right fit because I don't do admin. I don't do social media and I'm not interested in becoming someone's full-time employee. And obviously I didn't say it (laughs) fully that way. I was a little bit more (laughs) polite. Um, And he replied, he said, thanks so much for the transparency and, you know, good luck. And normally I would have been like cringing and just feeling that, oh my God, how can I let this opportunity go by? But the fact of the matter is I'd be doing something I didn't want to do. I'd probably hate every minute of it. I probably wouldn't know half of what I was doing because, and I told him, I was like, I have no idea how a fintech, I don't even like, I don't even use, that word isn't even in my vocabulary. It's like. I don't even know how your company operates or like what your needs are. So I know I'm not the right person for you, and you're definitely not the right person for me. So let's just, you know, call it a day. And if you're ever in Santa Barbara, me up and you know, we can go here. But (laughs) I feel comfortable with that decision. But at the same time, you know, I know that, you know, had this been a year ago, I'd have been like, oh my god, you know, like pounding Mm -hmm. myself, like how can you let this opportunity go? That's the beauty of your own business is that you can just say, nah, i want to do that. Like, it's not, why, why waste my time? Like, I, I I, don't have all day. If my son's in here, sure, I could probably work like from nine till nine, just doing stuff. I could make him really busy, but I don't have that liberty. I have a few hours in the morning while he's at daycare. I have those couple hours in the afternoon when he naps. And then the rest of the time, you know, I'm... <laughs> I am his snack person <laughs> for lack of a, <laughs> a ruder word. <laughs> um, I am climbing frame. I am tidying up for no good reason because as soon as I tidy up, things get messy again. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's, just, that's just life. So being able to say no and just focusing on work that I actually wanna do for people that I wanna help with and that I enjoy working with as well, because that's one thing that I miss from an office environment. I miss my, I, I miss that banter. I miss, you know, like the, the water filter chat. Um, I miss, you know, like going on coffee runs with other people and just like office gossip. Cause that's what like kept you going. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that when you're an entrepreneur, you're on your own, but then you find amazing people, you know, like you and you, you're on DMS with, you know, people that you have some other entrepreneurs, but you're also, you know, chatting with your clients. And if you're working for people that you can't have a proper chat with, you know, just like fun, then what's the point of doing it really?
0: Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I had my first in-person client meeting in over a year and a half. So, I mean, when I worked in agency life, I had them every day. And, um, then when I worked in a in-house corporate agents, agency setting, I would have a lot of client calls, but this one, I have a local client that I just started working with. They're a financial wealth management firm and it's a team of five and they're like a little family. And we were having a really big kickoff workshop that I was leading. And I was like, I do not want to do this over zoom. Their office is literally 20 minutes from my house. So threw my mask on, went down to the offices. um, And it's funny because the whole week before I was like cursing myself, I was like, I have not been in an in-person meeting since I had a baby. None of my work clothes fit. I don't know what I'm going to wear. It's like the night before it was like the first day of school. I'm like picking out clothes and ironing them. And I got into the office for the meeting and it was so refreshing to be sitting at a table with other human beings and just being able to have a really animated conversation and get to know each other. And I feel like people were so much more open being in person than they sometimes are in Zoom or I made connections. Now, granted, all that to say, I was very glad the next morning when I could wake up and put my yoga pants on and not have to put makeup on to go to work. So there's a, a happy balance there. Um, but I do think that if you are an entrepreneur, I 100% agree with you that connecting with other people is key to keeping yourself going because it's really easy to feel like, Um, you're the only one having the problems you're having or just Mm -hmm. to feel isolated, especially because similar to you, like my husband isn't an entrepreneur and I'll sometimes find myself like sharing things with him. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, you're right. Why would I expect you to know? Um, But you're the only other human being besides my three-year-old and six-month-old that I have to talk to right now. So um, it is (laughs) is interesting. Um, But for the benefit of our listeners, I want to dive in just a little bit to your email marketing expertise. So you mentioned about email marketing providing um, a greater you know, return on investment per se, um, even though social media and email can be organic marketing strategies. But I do think that email is an underutilized channel. Um, it's funny, I have a presentation with a client tomorrow and they're a consumer product good and they're not using emails regularly. And I, wow. I should actually take my own medicine because I... <laughs> don't use them regularly either cuz it's like the cobbler's children have no shoes um too busy doing other people's but when i work with clients to employ a regular strategy it's amazing the engagement results they get and mm. i actually see their social grow as a product of their email engagement because as people become more engaged with the brand you're getting word of mouth and influencer reach um but Email marketing can sometimes be scary and daunting and it can seem complicated, especially when people start talking about, you know, you need a five email sequence or you need to have um, a certain number of click-through rate or open rate. If you were to give entrepreneurs advice on how to leverage email marketing to their benefit, what are the things you wish that they knew just starting out? Like, what are the basics that you need to get it off the ground?
1: Um, so I'll, I'll first start off by saying that I'm a huge advocate for email marketing and your social media working hand in hand. They're not Mm -hmm. competitors. They should complement each other. Um, And I've also started, you know, working on repurposing content because I think we put a lot of energy or particularly I put a lot of energy into my Instagram captions and then I end up, you know, writing a huge, what is a blog. And I'm like, no one's going to read that. So I then, you know, basically turn, that caption into a blog and then, you know, take bits and parts out of it, turn that into a social media post. But then I also use that for my email marketing. So the the one thing I would say with, um, for entrepreneurs using email marketing is the first thing is have a strategy. Don't just wing it. Don't just, you know, think like, Oh, we need to send an email out. And by strategy, I mean, it's, it's like your social media strategy. If you've decided that you can only post three times a week on your social media, That's great. And you're committed to do that, do it. Don't feel that you have to be emailing every single email list. If you don't have enough content to provide valuable emails every week, don't do it. Like, don't put that pressure on yourself. And you'll also just be sending fluff. And if that's all they're getting in their inbox, like, oh, it's it's another email from this company, but there's not really much Mm -hmm. to it, then that's when you see those open rates and those click through rates go down. So the strategy is all right. I have this content um, and really it's only worth like, you know, every two weeks or even if it's once a month, just decided that's what you're going to do. This is the day it's going out or it's going out on the 1st and the 15th of the month. And this is when I'm doing it. That should want to alleviate that that kind of anxiety of, you know, constantly having to email your list. It's kind of the same way with, with social media. So it's, it's having that strategy and also having the strategy of, again, your social media and your email marketing complement each other. So whatever it is you're pushing out on email, you can complement it, you know, after you've done your campaign, you know, you can drip things out on social media. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, you spoke about the sequences, something that I've realized, and again, before I started email marketing, I had never heard about a welcome sequence. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, I received welcome sequences before when I signed up, but I didn't know that's what they were called. I had no idea that. I was like, oh, they've actually like pre-written these things out to go out every two days. I was like, oh, that's you know something that you learn when you start looking into something that you had never done before. But the fact of the matter is that the welcome sequence um, is very useful. And if you're only going to have one thing set up that's the one you should do. Why is the welcome sequence um, so important? It's because it sets the tone to what your other emails are going to be like. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is some. This is where you need to kind of put a little bit of work. But especially if you're a personal brand, or you know, for um, the consumer goods, this is where you can showcase how fun your brand is, or um, how useful it is. Um, again, going back to the personal brand, it showcases your personality. So, you know, if I'm not going to do my welcome sequence going, good afternoon, dear sir. Um, I hope this email finds you well. No, because that's just formal and no one cares to get emails like that. You know, just put some personality in it. And that one sets the tone of, all right, this is a really cool girl. I really like her her tone. And, you know, probably her emails are going to be this way as well. Um, Or, you know, just informal, or if you're doing products, then, you know, showcase a couple images or tutorials or why your product is so important. Um, And you can do that, you know, you drip it out. They don't have to be, you know, war or peace in every single one of them. You just do little drips of information and that sets the tone. You also set expectations. So, you know, you'll be hearing from me once a month, every two weeks, that way they know that when they see an email pop in, they know what's coming through and that in two weeks time, they're gonna get something else, but they won't be seeing you in their inbox every single day, because mm-hmm. when they see you in their inbox, I mean, you and I did, um, you and I signed up for this. Uh, what was it called? I'll just say it was a challenge.
0: Oh yeah. I know which one you're talking about. I'm still getting emails yeah. from it. <laughs> I haven't unsubscribed yet.
1: <laughs> But me neither.
0: I haven't unsubscribed either, but
1: I mean, it's on the daily that they send emails. I'm like, this thing was like two weeks ago. Why are you still emailing me? But I haven't unsubscribed. Right. Does it slightly annoy me? Yes. Uh, but I'm just amazed at how much they have to continue pushing out. I'm still not going to buy the thing that they're selling, but I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that there's people who by now are like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, just buy because they're so consistent and they're just going for it
0: and recall, right? Like if anyone were to ask you, like, who's an expert in that field, those two people are going to come to your Uh top of your mind immediately because you are seeing them in your inbox every day, whether or not you engage with them and whether or not it's always favorable, they are making an imprint in your, in your mind that they are an expert in this area.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's, that's the next thing is nurture.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's another,
1: that's another fancy word that gets around. was like, oh, you have to, have, you have to nurture your list. And you're like, what the hell does that mean? Well, it's exactly that. Just providing value, showing why you're selling. It's not selling. There is the time to sell. But, and I, you know, I did a post about that on Instagram yesterday. When you're just emailing with sales, you become like that really annoying, creepy, like, you know, hi, I'm calling from, I'm Linda on a recorded line. I get those calls every day. And it really mm-hmm. annoys me. I'm like, you're trying to, first of all, you're trying to sell me something that I don't even own. Um, So I know that you just got my, you just got my number from somewhere, or in this case, you got my email from somewhere and you don't know anything about me. Um, You don't know what I want. You don't know what I need. And you're just, you know, just trying to sell me something. Unsubscribe, see you. And, And that's the thing when you nurture and you're looking at your analytics, you can see, right. This person clicked on that link. They're clearly interested in you know, let's use travel, for example. And this is um, a nurture email that we sent last week for a client of mine. Um, She's done a blog post on Italy, and she's done different regions. So whenever someone clicks, she'll know, okay, this person is interested in the Lombardy region, this person's interested in Rome. And that way, she can further target them down the line when she has promotions on Rome, Mm -hmm. she knows to send it to this particular person, and not these other people who weren't interested ever in going in italy actually they just want to go to hawaii something like that um but the analytics are really important as well you know just looking at the results that really helps you hone in your message and again you can do that with your email marketing and your social media hand in hand
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, Actually, you mentioned that you use Flowdesk. That's what I use for my personal emails. I also use Kajabi. And then for clients, I've also used ConvertKit and Clavio. Clavio. I don't actually know how to pronounce it. It's, um, like e-commerce based it's for, yeah. um, physical goods. It goes with like Shopify accounts, but, um, have you found a favorite email platform based on your experience and working with other clients? Cause I feel like that's a very popular people question people have, and that sometimes stops them from even getting it set up because they don't know which provider to go with.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I haven't like, there's not the perfect tool mm-hmm. and I've also dabbled in a few. So I use slow for myself. Um, I love the templates. Uh, it works for me in terms of the capabilities that it current, currently has for my business. Um, I've also worked with MailChimp and MailChimp oh, is one of me those, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people are like, ew, MailChimp, like it's so basic. It doesn't have to be like, MailChimp is actually a really good platform if you know how to use it properly. Um, again, if you're using the free version of anything, you're not going to get very far. So if you are willing to invest, you know, a couple dollars a month, Um, And again, this, you know, you can find the right platform depending on your budget. Um, But if you invest in it, you know, you can get A-B testing, you can get, you know, what's the right time to send. Um, There's all, you you know, some of them don't let you do any sequencing unless you purchase like the pro plan. So again, if you want to be doing that welcome sequence or you want to be doing any other sorts of, you know, sequencing, then you probably have to invest a little bit more. I've used Active Campaign as well. I find it quite tricky, you know. And again, I I find it tricky because I don't feel it has very good um, like the blocks in Active Campaign aren't as easy to maneuver as they are in um, in Mailchimp. But their reporting is really good, and they also have really good um, sequencing options. Like the workflows that you can do on Active Active Campaign are insane in comparison mm-hmm. to to some of the other systems. Um, kajabi um you know i i have experience with i do have one client who works on kajabi um but kajabi really is for course creators and coaches Mm -hmm. and that's not really not so much in my industry but the one thing i don't like there's a couple things a couple things i don't like about kajabi or at least i haven't been able to find a b testing um i find the reporting to be quite basic um yeah, like the reporting for Kajabi emails, I think are, are pretty pretty basic in comparison to, to, to other platforms. Um, Clavio, Clavio, I've heard about it, but I've never really had to use it again because it's not really within my, my client's um, remit. And ConvertKit actually is uh, one that I started off using, and then I switched from ConvertKit to Flowdesk. Uh, but I have two clients who use ConvertKit um, and it works really well. Again, like anything, there's just, you know, there's things you can do on Flowdesk that you don't necessarily, you're not able to do on on ConvertKit, and there's things you're able to do on MailChimp that you can't do there. So I wouldn't say there's the perfect platform. It just depends what your goals are, what you're looking to do, and what your budget is, then that's probably how I would recommend, you know, what platform to, to go for.
0: That's a good point. I think I, in retrospect, I think I kind of wish I had known, like, I... I got an email service, like I signed up with Flowdesk just because actually at the time the web, my web designer that I was working with recommended it, but I didn't have my, I didn't have a clear understanding of how I wanted to use email for my business. And I think that you bring up a really good point that like, start with your goals and objectives and how do you plan to use it to then find the provider that's going to best support that. Um, especially if you're in like a service-based business, I feel like there are so many alternatives as opposed to an e-commerce based. Um, so I think that's a good tip for our visitors is just to kind kind of like pause and figure out what your intent is and then find the service that might best support that intent. Um, Is there anything else that I didn't ask just about email marketing that you think would be helpful for our audience? Um, I know you've, you've dived so deep into this topic over the last few months that um, I consider you kind of like my go-to in this area. So.
1: And that's such a compliment because, you know, you know, hearing you say that, that just that imposter syndrome just suddenly like pops up and it's like, I know nothing. <laughs> I'm still learning. Um, oh, gosh, you know, I, like, well, yeah, I, I, I am still learning. I think, you know, that's, that's the beauty of this is that we learn something new every single mm-hmm. day. Um, what I would say, you know, again, stress, I can't stress this enough. It's, it's just planning. Um, don't wing it because you can always tell, when someone's like, winged an email, like it's, the message isn't clear. It's kind of like, this has nothing to do with what you've, you know, sent me in the past, or it's just a bit random. Um, And I've been there, like, I've totally been there um, for my own business. So I've, I've, there's been times when I'm just like, Oh, shoot, I forgot. Like I'm sending out this, this newsletter, and I have nothing to say. So what did I say? I have nothing to say in this newsletter. So here's a few of my highlights. So, you know, there's there's always gonna be a time when you might not have anything to share and there are tactics, you know, not tactics but there's techniques that you can use. Um, so what, what to share when you have nothing to share. Oh, share something about yourself, um, share highlights from your business, share a testimonial. Those are always great. You know, when, you know, people need social proof of, of what your business is like share some comments or do do something like that. So don't wing it, but also don't be scared to think outside of the box. It doesn't always have to be about your product and about you and your business. At the end of the day, that's actually not what it should be about at all because nobody actually cares about you. (laughs) That's what we always forget. We're so like in our, it's about the person at the, uh, at the other uh, side. Um, So what can you do? them feel special and you know make an impact in their lives because that's what we're all looking for it's you know what's in it for me what's going to make me better how's something going to make my life easier that's why we end up scrolling for hours on Instagram or you know researching oh well researching um best booster seats on Amazon for hours and hours and hours, and hours on it I am mean, seriously I'm still probably not getting the right one but there we go <laughs>
0: i know i go down those rabbit holes all the time right now it's like gifts for my son's teachers and like i looked at things on etsy like three weeks ago and i sat down with my husband because my son has three preschool teachers and one is a male teacher and i was like oh this is kind of tricky like what can i get him that will be special and different but that he's gonna like and found something on etsy and i was like oh yeah i'll get that and then i was like but let me shop around and see what else there is now mind you Mm the last day of schools in nine days and I didn't order it. And yesterday I went on Etsy and I was like, okay, I can't get that in time now. So now I've started that cycle over and I'm just like the amount of time I've wasted comparing and checking and trying to find the best thing. I would have been much better off just buying it three weeks ago, but anyways, um, I digress. That is
1: exactly what I mean. When you over research things, you might out on a window of opportunity and I'm exactly the same, you know, my son's school ends on friday and i'm gonna end up buying target gift cards because i got nothing
0: <laughs> that's what i was gonna say i'm gonna end up getting an e-card i'm sure because this is going to continue to perpetuate until next week um but so knowing that we both have that habit and we're both working on it um it is, is there anything else if you were to share with moms listening who are running a business um, aside from sometimes just like go with it and stop researching um what is the one better way that you would share with them that you wish you knew when you were starting out
1: Oh um, yeah, definitely don't over-research um, and just go with the flow. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to be a good business person, be a good mom, be a good wife. Oh, oh that's like, I'm really low on that department. Sometimes gonna see I, me, so I was filthy. just going to say
0: that's like a th- This is horrible. I'm sorry, Josh, if you're listening, but it's like at the bottom of the list and I know it needs to be up higher, but you're the one that gives me grace every time. So I just keep pushing it down.
1: Exactly. Um, just, just go with it. So the laundry didn't get done yesterday. It's probably going to get done today, but I know everyone has enough underwear to keep going for a few more days. (laughs) Um, There's only so many hours in a day. And sometimes, like, sometimes I really wish I had more time. Like, come four o'clock, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at my list. I still have all these things that I didn't do. Well, I, I know for a fact that it's not life or death. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people's businesses will still survive. No one's going to die if I didn't, you know, update the address on that thing I was meant to do yesterday. I can do it today. There's still time to do it today. So just, go, go with the flow. Don't put so much pressure on yourself because there's enough of that going on. I mean, there is just, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves because we need to make everything work, but not everything needs to work. Just, you know, just stay sane. (laughs) That's the most important thing. Make sure everyone's fed. doesn't matter about dirty clothes, but feeding everyone. I think that that is key. Feed yourself as well. Mm. that's another bad habit that I have. It's, um, not eating. Well, not, not eating. It's like, I, Oh, I, I skipped breakfast because, you know, I had to drop off my son, get some work done. Now we're on this call. Then I'll probably get a cup of coffee. Then I have to go and pick up my son. Then it's nap time. I have to do work. I forgot to eat lunch. So at least I know for a fact that dinner's the one thing I do eat <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but the rest of the day I'm kind of like grazing on like cheese sticks and my son's leftovers. So yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself and always remember to
0: eat. I love that advice. I don't have trouble remembering to eat. I'm the person who like is always thinking about the next meal time, but I do put too much pressure on myself. So, um, I needed to hear that today. Actually, what you were just sharing um, is very relevant to all the feels I've been having the last few days, super busy, but um, for our listeners who are following along and want to connect with you, um, where can they find you? What's the best way?
1: Um, So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Palmera virtual. There's a link in my bio that you can click and you can sign up to my news, which goes out weekly and it's got great tips on email marketing. Um, And sometimes it'll have a link to my funny reels that I do, which cringe so much. You'll also get uh, free resources so again I have talked a lot about planning, so I have a free content calendar there, where you can plan your marketing campaigns and your social media all together in one. Um, and I also spoke about the welcome sequence, so I have a little cheat sheet there, if you want to download welcome sequence cheat sheet, so you basically just have to fill in the blanks and get that all set up. Um, you can follow me on there Um, my email is palmeravirtual at gmail.com like to keep it nice and simple and also my website www.palmeravirtual.com
0: Amazing. I will put all that information in the show notes so that if you are listening, you don't have to go grab a pen. You can just catch it um, on the app. Uh, Steph, thank you so, so much for joining us today and also for sharing your knowledge about email marketing. I know it was super helpful for me and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners. So we really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.